Greetings and welcome to Communication On Point Podcast. I'm Dean Hefta and I always love sharing ideas on how we can improve the influence we have, the impact we can make. For me, it's all about amplifying our impact. However it is that you're finding yourself needing to make an impact or looking for ways you can increase how you make a difference. For me, I work with organizations helping them to clarify where are we going and how are we going to get there. And part of that work is creating training, experiences to help them grow their capacity, the skills of their teams. Along the way, I find that there's a need for individual coaching and development in communication. And that's really where Communication on Point podcast fits in. And so before I got into the heart of today's topic, I just wanted to share If you are looking for really amplifying your communication, whether you find yourself in front of a camera presenting on Zoom meetings to a large audience, or you're trying to align the activity and the understanding of your organization, I'd love to visit with you. Feel free to reach out to me. Email me at dean at clarisresults. I'd love to talk about the success you're having and the opportunities that you see for taking that to the next level. Today, on this episode, I want to share five tools for amplifying your communication. Let's get started. All right, I like to keep it simple and to the point. And today, I thought let's just go through some of the things that I've seen, some of the things that I've learned that are really simple things that we can implement to help us increase the ability maybe for others to understand us, for us to understand others, and for us to get our message across. And so we're just going to talk about five tools that can help us to amplify our communication. So I picked five out of the toolbox here, and let's start off with restating. It's really a listening technique. And it's useful when we're having a conversation with somebody and, you know, you find your mind kind of jumping ahead. It tends to want to come up with the responses, the answers, and we find ourselves then sitting there waiting to talk rather than really being in the moment. And people can sense that. And so an area of influence, a communication tool that we can use is restating. And restating is simply... Somebody says, so I'm, you know, let's say they say, I'm concerned about our team's ability to hit the deadline. When I respond to that, the natural response might be, well, here's why it's going to be fine and you're going you're, you're to hit the deadline and it's not going to be any problems, blah, 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 blah. Or your team better hit the deadline. I mean, we're counting on you guys, you know, all these kind of reinforcements or directions. Really, none of them are addressing what's being said. And so by restating, and that restating could be a rephrasing, it could be verbatim, it could be different ways, but basically saying, I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly. You're saying that you're concerned that the team isn't going to hit the deadline. Yes, that's exactly right. Now, that might sound overly simplistic, And you don't need to do it every time. But the power of restating allows us to kind of 
slow the conversation down, make sure that I have heard what they said. Because on occasion, when you restate, they will say, "Mm, no, 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 that's not what I meant. What I really meant was, I'm concerned that with Amy working on the other project, we're going to be short-staffed. That's going to push us back. And so I really think if we can get Amy back on the team, we're going to be able to be fine. Oh, yeah, okay, well, let's talk about what Amy needs to get done here to get back onto your team. So we can begin really understanding what is the person saying. And rather than jumping in with answers and responses, we can just stop and say, let me make sure I heard you correctly. I want to make sure that I understand. You're concerned you're not going to hit the deadline. And we can use that in so many situations. And it conveys respect and it ensures understanding. So restate, first tool in the toolbox. Second one, getting into channel. One of the things that I use in my coaching and training and consulting is called process communication model. NASA used it in their shuttle program to improve communication. Pixar uses it in not only their company, but in their screenplay writing, because it's insights that help us to understand how people communicate, how we can create characters and storylines that are that are more real, more human. And one of the components of process communication model is identifying that there are four primary channels that we use. And one of them is going to be more comfortable for us than some of the others, but we have access to all four. We can use them in different situations. And one of the ways that we can amplify our communication is by recognizing when people are using different channels and responding with that channel. And I'm rather than going into a deep explanation, a coaching session here, I'm just going to bring up um, some descriptions of the channels. And I think you'll recognize that there's different situations you use them in. And the more comfortable you are with different channels, the more you're able to build rapport and connection with different types of people in different situations. So there's four channels. One is called ask. And that is simply when we are asking questions, we're seeking information. What time are they going to be there? How many people are there? How long is this going to take, right? So that is a type of communication channel. And you know that it is working well when people respond very clearly with the information you're looking for. If the channel's not working, people aren't getting you the information you want. They're kind of, well, wishy-washy maybe. The second channel is about energy and being playful. And so they're like, oh man, this is great. This is so awesome. And if we want to be in that channel, we're going to respond with the same level of energy. So somebody says, oh man, this is the best. We don't respond with, yes, that's correct. This is a very enjoyable time that we're having. It's out of channel. They're looking for that energy to come back in the same channel. That's playful channel. The third one is about care. It's about compassion and caring and concern. And it's not about asking questions. It's about being there for the person and showing that empathy, showing that emotion, saying, I am here for you if there's anything you need. And so they sense that connection and there's a rapport by conveying that compassion. And that is a channel in itself. 
The fourth is called tell. We're, we're, we're giving directives, guidance, and we're, we're directing people to maybe think it a certain way. Maybe let's say we want to know the time. One person might simply say, what time is it, right? That's a very ask-oriented, that's a question-based. Somebody else using the directive, this tell channel, might say, tell me what time it is. And this can be a useful channel of getting people to think creatively. Like, think about a new approach for serving our customers. See, it's a very, it's directing the mind to think in a certain way. And that's a channel in itself. So that's the second tool is recognize there's different channels out there, different ways of connecting with people. And the more comfortable we are using them appropriately in the right time, the better the communication is going to be. Third, emails. Man, there's so many bad emails. My son back in school got an email few days ago from his one of his teachers and this thing you had to scroll and scroll and scroll and there was paragraphs and and kept going over the same information over it was like stuck in a loop it's like when I see a email that long that I got to scroll I can tell you I'm not gonna read it I mean it's just too much and so we have an opportunity if we want to improve our communication to really get clear on what is it we want to convey in the email and Think in terms of if you were writing an ad for a magazine. It's really kind of the same constraint and the same thing that we're dealing with on the other end. You're going to not want to just fill that whole thing up with thoughts. You want to really take the time to distill down what is it that they really need to know? What is it that I'm asking them to do? And what's the information that they need in order to do what I'm asking or to get a response. And so taking a little bit of time, five minutes, 10 minutes, to just sort your thoughts out before writing the email can save a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration later on. So think in terms of, you know, you're writing a billboard. You have very small amount of time. You have to be very clear about what you're asking. Writing an ad in a magazine. So it's really copywriting skills, you could say. And so here's a couple of tools that can maybe simplify it. First off, keep it to one question. I've seen emails where you see everything thrown in. They've got five different completely unrelated questions and concepts that they're throwing into one email. And it's so confusing, it makes it impossible to answer because none of them have anything to do with each other. So... Write separate emails if you need. It'll keep it more crisp. Focus on the idea at hand. Next, put the main idea out front, not at the end or buried in the middle. Come out right away with the question that you need answered or what you want people thinking about or what people need to do, and then follow up with the information that supports what you're asking or what you're stating or what you're sharing so that for the people that need more detail, they want to dive into the detail, they can keep reading. Everybody else, if they just want the gist of it, put that in the first couple of sentences right out of the gate. That way you know you've gotten that message across and it's not buried in the body. So get really clear on what you want. So assert your thinking out first. Put that right at the beginning of the email. Keep just one concept inside that email and 
understand yourself first. Is this to inform? Is this to ask? Is this to you know get a decision? What kind of email is it? What kind of action am I wanting out of this? So once you're clear, then you can make your writing more clear as well. And that means communication is going to be more clear. Fourth one. I like this one. Whether we're talking to somebody, we're writing an email, whatever situation we find ourselves in, we're speaking to a group, don't forget to add which means or some variation of it. Which means. So I might say something like, okay, so um, we're going to be purchasing, purchasing this company at the end of the year and if I stop there, I'm now leaving all of the meaning to each person who heard that to fill it in on their own. I've left this open space. If I use which means, I can use that as a bridge from the concept to how it's going to impact people or what the meaning is behind it. Ultimately, see, we are self-oriented and self-interest, self-interested by nature. We, we are always taking information in regarding how does this affect me. And so as a communicator, as the speaker, I'm able to say, this means this to you. And it closes that loop. And it ensures that I'm the one stating what the meaning is. And that enhances my communication with people because I'm placing that meaning. So I might say, They've postponed the start of the conference by a day. Which means we're still going to be able to get into San Diego on our flight at the same time, but we're going to have a day to have some free time, to have some fun, some relaxation, and everything. nothing has to change in our schedule. Everything's going to be great, but I wanted to let you know the first day of the conference isn't starting when we expected. See, I filled in, what does this mean to each of us? And the final one, the fifth tool, I'm a little bit reluctant to, to put it on here because it, it's it's maybe a little bit uh, 2010, I don't know, but it's about voicemails. Uh, I still get voicemails. Um, I get more text messages, obviously, or you'll have people that try call you and rather than leaving a voicemail, they find that they get a faster response by just then following up with a text saying, hey, here's why I'm calling. Give me a call when you get a chance versus then having to go in and check the voicemails. But we still get voicemails. And so if we're going to leave a voicemail, we need to do it well. Make it easy for the other person. Now with caller ID, it's easy for people that are in our, you know, uh, in our phone to know who called. But sometimes we're calling people that we don't know. And how do we increase our influence, improve our communication in those situations? A couple things. First is get really clear and simple and just state who you are, why you're calling, like the purpose of your call and what the benefit is to them. I'm calling because, which means, and here, you know, so you can ask for an action. Please call me back at your earliest convenience and then restate your name. Again, this is Dean and my number is, so state your number 
and then repeat your number. One of my pet peeves is I'll get a one minute long, two minute long voicemail. They're rambling on about why they're calling and blah, 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 blah. And at the very end, they rush through the number and I can't get it written down. And maybe it didn't come up on my phone, so I don't have it. Or it's different than the one that came up on my phone. And so then I have to go, if I want that number, I have to go listen to the whole thing again. So give the number twice. State who you are, why you're calling, what you're wanting from them, your number. Repeat your name and give the number again. So those are five quick little tools. Restate when you hear people saying something to you so you make sure that you're understanding. Get into the channel with people. Speaking that same channel increases communication. Write clear, simple, straightforward emails. Take time to get your message clear in your mind and then edit and clean it up before you hit send. Four, use the phrase, which means, to add meaning to the things that you're stating. And finally, have a structure to your voicemails. Who you are, why you're calling, what makes it important to this person, what do you want them to do, your number, your name, and your number again. I hope there's one or two things that you can put to work this week to amp up your communication. Thank you so much for joining me again. Dean Hefta here. You can reach out to me anytime, D-E-A-N at C-L-A-R-U-S results.com, Dean at ClarisResults.com. I look forward to talking with you again next week.